Hi, I'm Jennifer. And I'm Matt. This podcast is your regular dose of uplifting, inspiring, and motivating life changing tips and success strategies to help you create the wealth, health, lifestyle, passion, and prosperity for your own life that you want to create. Welcome to the Prosperity Project. Welcome back to episode 18, the seven common money beliefs that are costing you thousands. That sounds like a lot. It is a lot. And also we're talking about money. It is my most favorite. Well, second, third. No, it's definitely my most favorite thing to talk about, isn't it? Well, you do like a chat. <laughs> so I'm surprised <laughs> that you can you can choose a favorite out of everything. I know. I like talk talking about. about it. You know what? Life is very good. Prosperity is very good. And actually, what have you been up to this week since we were last here on the podcast? I went on a motorcycle trip around around the Scottish Highlands. Exactly, on your own. <laughs> well, with a group of people on an organised run and it rained the first day or two mm. and then was very sunny. So yeah, it was really good. I know, and you got to leave behind your wife and kids, but that was absolutely fine. It looked... So if you haven't actually caught the video on our family channel, The Kempson House on YouTube, you can actually see Matt and his adventures for the weekend. It looked incredible. Some places... I, I'm Scottish. I've been here obviously all my life. Haven't really travelled too far away. But I've never been to half a quarter of the places that you managed to cover on that adventure. So it looked incredible. So what about you? What have you done? (laughs) This week, well, I looked after the kids, looked after the house. I actually really embraced a little bit of chill and a little bit of quiet. So while my mat was away for those four nights, five days in total, four nights, I actually took it upon myself to minimise all the kind of normal pressures that I put on myself. So I really did look at the basic habits that I felt would just allow the, the house to still function, the boys and I to still, you know, eat well, have lots of fun. And we did a lot of things like put on movies and play and we went out to visit different parks and things like that, really focused on just enjoying ourselves. I was actually, I didn't have work on one of the days, so it was a bank holiday in the UK. And so I got to be the mum, I got to drop off at school and not do the day job. So I went to the gym kind of focused on some just basic me self-care time and it was really great this past week as well what have we been involved in on the side of side hustles we've launched a mastermind our first ever ever prosperity driven mastermind absolutely and it's prosperity driven not just money so similar to what this podcast is trying to do just a broader view on I guess bringing out the best of people yes. living their best lives absolutely so we put out this call on Instagram and inundated we had actually I think 75 people sign up for it we kept it incredibly cheap price of a cup of tea price of a cup of coffee to actually join the mastermind for 30 days and it's an exclusive group where you get lectures from me on different topics of prosperity so that's money income well-being it's also about goal setting very high level stuff that that in the past, I know I've had to pay a lot of money to be part of those groups. And I wanted to basically make money no barrier. So it was a very much a token effort to join. And the people, what are the people like the calibre? We've got It's been incredible. You've got a great range of people Absolutely. in different places. All walks of life, all backgrounds. Yep. So it's, it's wonderful. Yep. And we've even got people from abroad, not just the UK. So that's something we're excited for the next four weeks. It's going to get um, our time a little bit. But obviously... If you're not part of that mastermind group, then don't worry. We've got loads of content here (laughs) on the podcast. And today, as you mentioned, we're talking about the seven common money beliefs that are costing you 
thousands yeah, thousands absolutely. that's a big number that's a lot so it's interesting my work for two and a half years my side hustle passion project has been money right and I focus very heavily on budgeting but also investing so making passive incomes through the stock market through investing in yourself through side hustles as well another form of passive income and really encourage people with the success mindset so that's not automatically assuming you're going to fail but that is what's the tools what's the mindsets what's the positive practical strategies that I can show you how to create income and take control of money and today's podcast episode I felt particularly inspired to go back to basics and let's talk about money and wealth because as we're mentioning in this mastermind group wealth is an enabler of opportunities in life and prosperity ultimately is the joy the peace, the health, you know, how do you feel in your body and also the opportunities that you have in your life. You you don't need to have money to make all the opportunities happen that you want, but money can be an enabler. And so for me, I've got this real passion that I want people to be using their money as they see fit. It's not for me to decide that you need to spend, you know, £10 doing this or you can't have that car payment. No, it's all about enabling you to make the choices you want for your prosperity. So the very first common, very common money belief that's holding people back and costing them serious amounts of money every single year is what I call circumstance bias. So what do I mean by that? What do you think I mean by that, Matt? Um, I think it's blaming things other than yourself. Exactly, exactly, right? So how common is that? So circumstance bias means that I believe that my circumstances is all there is, that I have no control over what's going on. I'm, And I don't want to use this word too strongly, but you know, a victim mentality. Circumstances, I then react to them and I'm stuck. And so really it's all about your money is then limited because of where you live, the education you had, you know, who brought you up, what was your family like, what did your family do before you, all these kind of circumstances that are then that breakthrough barrier in your life. And it could simply be, you know, it's the type of age you are or, you know, your background in terms of where you grew up perhaps even how you look, how you sound, all huge range of different ways that you allow your circumstances to be that bias in life to then control how much you earn and what you do with your money. Now, it's a common mindset because it switches accountability from yourself, which actually is only 100% true all of the time. We're only ever accountable for ourselves. And it switches it to then somebody else or something else that's then in control of your life. So what you often find is people feel very comfortable in the box and the labels that they've given themselves, the box where they live. I'm this particular person. I do these things. I'm a circumstance of my background, my upbringing, the job I do. And it's easy to become comfortable in that place. But also that means that the reasons why you're in that box Mm. belong to those circumstances that happen to you. Yes, You aren't to blame. You aren't accountable for it at all. It's all someone else's fault. And I think that that is really comfortable because of there's no blame on your side. It means that you just feel really comfortable and not necessarily happy, but 
because of the accountability doesn't belong to you, mm. then it's much easier to, I guess, brush it off your shoulders mm. and just point to somewhere else. But it's it also takes away maybe that pain of being stuck or not achieving your goals. So the bias being, you know, I'm not going to allow any other circumstances in my life because this is all I will achieve. So that is costing people thousands. That could be, you know, somebody, let's say a single mom or a single dad saying, I'm not able to work because I have a family. That's the line that's been drawn. And and that's not true. That's simply not the case. And do you know why that's not the case? Type into Google and type in single mom or single dad or single grandfather with a full-time job or part-time job or side hustle job. Well, ultimately, if you look at someone that has a similar background to you or a similar past or a similar upbringing or similar position now due to various life circumstances, mm. you'll find that there are plenty of people that live exactly like you do, mm. but also you'll find that there are plenty of people that live the opposite. So Absolutely, if you're yeah. doing very well, then there'll be people that have decided to get bogged down by it. And the same as if you're maybe struggling with a few things, there are people that have thrived from it. Absolutely. So the circumstances do not define. You look at some of the people that have been um, very successful, Richard Brown, Branson, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Alan Sugar. Yep, yep. These people came they from came backgrounds from, yeah, exactly. that, that weren't definitely setting them up for success, mm-hmm. but yet they've been successful. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that everyone can be that successful, but there's a stark contrast between people that have had similar upbringings that are in a very, very different place. Absolutely. And ultimately, it's a choice. And there's a full spectrum of outcomes that you can have in life. And the outcome that you're in is ultimately what you've chosen, what you've what you've allowed yourself to accept. Absolutely. Circumstances don't mean anything. And if that's the one takeaway you can get from this, it, it literally is, it's not just costing you money, it's costing you and your achievements, your fulfillment in life. The circumstance right now is just the result of your past decisions and past choices and past actions. Now, I don't mean that every single circumstance that has come your way, there's some things where other people have been responsible um, perhaps with their thinking or their actions that have then, you know, have caused a circumstance in your life but for anything where you can have absolute control over you could be costing yourself out of the lifestyle essentially that you know that you are capable of and that you are destined to have in life so i heard something i think on a podcast or something recently and it said something which actually i thought was really really good (laughs) can you you remember it (laughs) you aren't the result of your choices you're a result of the sum of your choices. Uh, oh, I love that. So yeah, it's like the median. The, you it's, know, the, it's the cumulative effect yeah, yeah. of every choice you make that takes you to where you are. One individual choice, mm. those choices ultimately don't matter, but every choice you make mm. compounds onto the other choices and ultimately leads you to where you are. Mm. And if you're not where you want to be, then it's not because you made one poor choice. Absolutely. It's because you compounded that with more choices that backed up probably that initial issue that you had mm-hmm. and has just led you to where you are. But that also means that one choice isn't going to change a trajectory of mm. where you are. Mm. And it's actually just the compound effect of continuing to make different choices, to see things in a different way and to, I guess, shift your mindset mm. from being a person that's a victim of their circumstance to choosing what your circumstances are. Mm. I'll give an example. So if you follow me on Instagram, I'm at Mama for if you want to. But for 
the past nine weeks, I've been doing the Couch to 5K app. You've seen me maybe sharing that where I've been going out three times a week on a run. So the whole point of this app, it's available on the App Store or wherever, it's free of charge. And it's to take people from literally not running anything, one minute if that, to being able to run 30 minutes straight. And I chose to do that app because guess what? My default thought pattern circumstances, I'm not a runner, right? I don't choose to run. I don't, every time I've tried it, I don't enjoy it. But for nine weeks, I have gone out and I've run. I've built the evidence. I've changed my circumstances using my actions. And that's when now at the end of nine weeks, I may not fully quite realize what I'm capable of. I know there's more in me, but I now run for 30 minutes. It might be a slow toddle. It might be a little bit faster, but I, I could classify myself as a runner. And that's the thing. If I had looked at my circumstances and said, nope, that's it, never going to be a runner. I'm not even going to try then I could have cost myself out of this potential opportunity to maybe even have found something that I'm going to enjoy for years and years of my life down the line. Are you really going to enjoy running? I I actually think I'm kind of. Watch this space. I actually think I'm semi-enjoying it. So yeah, let's just see this week when I've got to go and do it on my own accord. I am confident, I'm confident. And that leads me on to the other one. So that first one we shared with you, circumstance bias. I do believe it's costing people multiple thousand pounds this year and for years to come okay so the second thing after that another limiting belief to do with money is this head in the sand mentality so I think Matt's hopefully going to share something that he maybe in the past has felt like that in a couple of seconds but head in the sand mentality belief is basically I'm not going to read any terms of conditions on my credit cards I'm not going to check my bank statements I'm frightened to you know even read up my mortgage terms everything is just completely out of my date you know I'm in day, I'm in my overdraft, I'm just going to completely put all the stuff in the bin and it'll get better of its own accord. So I lived like that for many years in the past. I was ignoring finances, I wasn't paying attention to money going out or money going in, and I had no real regard for where I was financially. And it got to a point where I went into a supermarket and I wasn't able to pay for the shopping trolley of food. Um, None of the cards had any available credit on them, so I couldn't buy my shopping. And I think that the challenge with that mentality is you're somehow hoping that magically things will sort themselves out. Like you'll win the lottery, even if you don't do it, or you'll come into some kind of inheritance or just money just will turn up out of somewhere this circumstance will change by itself it will be okay maybe you'll randomly get a pay rise at work or a bonus or something Mm. but the thing is with anything like that and even if i did get a bonus of let's say a few thousand pounds Mm. it wouldn't change the habits it wouldn't solve the problem Mm. it would be a temporary patch onto something which was more fundamental Mm. and ultimately ignoring your money is not going to help you move to where you want to be Mm. no exactly and so this is common when people want credit cards right so credit cards aren't bad they're just a tool but the focus would then go on well i want two three four thousand pounds to get this thing and I'll ignore the terms and conditions and it could be on loans it could be having debt where you're like oh it's okay everything it'll figure it out or you know I'm getting the paycheck next it'll cancel out some of it and you're forgetting about the cost and this is why I'm linking it back to costing you thousands of pounds the amount of people you know who share stories where we've shared with them how to get out of debt and they've had interest rates of like 19 percent 23 percent 
These are huge amounts of money every single month and year that are being added on for you having that bit of plastic and you've signed up to it without realizing. Isn't one of the stats something like if you pay the minimum payment yeah, each month, yeah. it will take you something like 22 years to clear a credit card? I think it's 25 or 28. Like, honestly, I think the stat was if you bought a phone, so the iPhone X or whatever, or the iPhone 11, like, what, about £1,200, is it something like yeah. that? If you bought that on a credit card, only paid the minimum, which is something ridiculous, like £5 a month, it would take you 20 or 29 years. And you would have actually have paid four or £5,000 back. So the bank could have had your £1,200 plus interest massively on top. And that's the kind of stuff I think that people don't realise, and not because the information is not there, but just because it's chosen to ignore it. Exactly. So ultimately what you need to do is not be as uncomfortable with money. You need to really start to push yourself to the point where you can take a look at your bank balance, where you understand what's happening and that you're addressing where you are and that you're paying attention to it. Because if you're not doing that, then money is happening by itself without any thought. And that's when you can get yourself into problems and you certainly aren't moving yourself forward. Exactly. And that then leads us on to the next one, that money is there to be spent. Okay. So in the same example for credit cards, oh, I want that certain amount of money, regardless of, you know, I want the things that when you get money, how quickly then is it going out the door? So are you very much living paycheck completely spent every single month and even more so? Have you got, you know, there's subscriptions, there's eating out, there's gym memberships you're not using. It's just like, well, the money's there. You know, how many times have people pay day? And it's like they're living, you know, the, the rich lifestyle, the Prada lifestyle and boom, 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 boom. And then Monday comes and you're like, oh no, it's only been the three days to pay day. I can't pay the rent. I can't pay the mortgage. And you know, it's fine to make those choices with your money. Absolutely. If they're bringing you joy, but it's the strategy behind it. Money being there. Some people feel really uncomfortable with money sitting there like, oh, I've still got 400 pounds or 200 pounds. Oh, I can go spend that. And that's the mindset that's costing people a lot of money every single month and year. Money sitting there almost, what's the phrase? Burning a hole in your pocket, right? So it's there. I need to do something something with it I've got this present that I can spend and you know if you don't have a strategy for actually how you're managing your money guess what somebody else will have a strategy for it instead so how many I shared this last night on our mastermind group how many times are you walking down the street and you see McDonald's adverts and you're like oh wow I'm really hungry oh that cheeseburger looks nice oh it's only 99 pence oh that sounds a bargain and I guarantee maybe Two or three times out of 100, you'll go in and you'll get a cheeseburger that you never wanted. And so you have to have a strategy for your money from the get-go because if you don't, somebody else will have spent a huge marketing budget to get your money out of your pocket instead. So as you said, spending isn't bad. Not at all. In fact, you need to enjoy your life. You need to spend some money to bring joy to your life rather than having any surplus money you've got sitting in the bank Mm. for one day, which you may not be able to enjoy. You may not make it there, unfortunately. Oh, I wouldn't Um, even think about it. I just think though, like you can do different things, but it's not about like pessimist or you might not have tomorrow because sometimes people end up spending then ridiculous because they think, oh, well, it's the other way. You can go too far the other way, but ultimately you need to focus on priority for your money. So Mm. things like takeaways, 
they're expensive. They're yep. very expensive. They can be tasty, though. See, they, they can be tasty. There's nothing, and, and that can be a priority. But think about how much maybe you spend on a takeaway mm. each time. How many times a week you have it? How many times a month you have it? Add all that up. Mm. Then multiply that up by a year. Well, potentially that could be a trip or two abroad Absolutely, with yeah. your family. And then that's where you look at the priorities. Mm. Is a takeaway and the convenience and everything else mm. more important than a trip abroad or a different vehicle or yep. home improvements or whatever? And I think that that it's a conscious for me, selection, isn't it's, it? it's being mindful about your spending and also... I think trying to shift yourself from a position of living paycheck to paycheck mm. and actually getting to that point at the end of the month where you're not desperate for payday to come through. Absolutely. And that's what you said about not spending the money just because it's there, mm. but actually having priorities for it and ideally working out just where you get value from yeah, exactly. and making sure that that value is more important than other areas that you could get value mm. from a great concept here is called a zero-based budget i don't know if you're aware of that matt that we actually do that in our own life but basically every paycheck so i get a standard wage i, I have been in sales for about 14 years of my life where it was varied every single month but now i'm on a standard wage and so the start of the month i know my allocations i know what's going into investments savings giving our education different things we want to do and i've made that conscious choice but here's the other thing there's a budget for fun there's a budget for guilt free spending so I allow that guilt-free element of money and whatever we want if we do want one takeaway if we do want whatever but it's all been predetermined and that's what I want to kind of emphasize make conscious choices with your money because the first thing when anyone comes to me when they're in deficit every single month they're struggling we look at their spending and I guarantee in any budget regardless of your income I can probably find 50 to 100 pounds really easy of money that could be back in your pocket so now let's look at the next point oh i love this one <laughs> I, I, I love this statement i i've actually said it you way say it quite then. a lot <laughs> um, i'm just not that good with money yep i love it it's a total reflection of responsibility statement again really really common really well, common statement. you know what no one's good with money <laughs> or nobody's good with money at first unless you yeah. come from a background where you've been taught how to use money and how to budget and mm. how finance works and everything else nobody's good with money but Absolutely. then again no one's good at anything exactly. until they start doing it and become practicing as you said you weren't good at running nope. before you were far from good at running <laughs> you you really didn't enjoy it you really weren't that comfortable doing it but you got better at it and you got to a point where you're comfortable with it because you did it repeated actions yes. in an area improve your skill set improve your comfort and make you better absolutely so and our story with money is matt had you know twenty four thousand pounds worth of consumer debt and i'd never had debt before i've shared that many times well guess what two people made the decision to get rid of that debt we were not going to live in a debt lifestyle i was going to kick and scream and get matt out of it whether he liked it or not and now within uh during seven years since we, we took that decision we now have multiple investments multiple incomes matt left the corporate world like i could keep going on and on right all the good things with money that is now then just amplifying and it went back to 
Matt having the mindset he was not good with money, me saying to him, right, okay, I understand that, but what if we were good with money? What would that look like? What habits would we have? Well, we'd probably be investing. We'd probably be maxing out our pensions from free contributions. We'd probably be meal prepping and saving. So from the word go, we were doing the habits that just moving forward one month to the next might not have made a big difference. But now we're seven years down the line, have made a huge difference difference to our lifestyle. So it's about paying attention, particularly with money or anything that you know can be a key factor in the joy, health and happiness you experience and opportunities. Pay attention, give it your focus and then suddenly, very quickly, you will break through and have that moment when you do realise you're good with money. Just the same way, maybe down the line, I'll realise I'm actually kind of okay at running. I think I'm getting there slowly but surely. (laughs) So let's look at the next point. Rich people are dishonest and greedy. Oh, how common is this one? Now, I think there's two reasons for it. So let's go Mm. to number one. Number one is they have what I don't and therefore there's a level of jealousy. And rather than accept that jealousy, instead you point the finger with a kind of blame and an animosity to someone else. They've stolen it. So that's that's where one part of it comes from. And the other part is that potentially you see rich people as conning people out of money, taking advantage of others and everything else. But ultimately, rich people aren't out there to avoid taxes and manipulate to get ahead. Um, Well, you told the majority aren't. (laughs) Some people are. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But ultimately, the the key in there is when you say rich people, Mm. it's people. Generalization. There are people who have no money at all Mm. who are horrible. Absolutely. But there are people with no money that are great. And that applies whether you're rich, somewhere in the middle, poor, wherever you are. The amount of money in your bank account actually makes no difference to who you are as a person. All it really can do is uncover your true nature. Amplify it, which is kind of what I mentioned at the start, money being an enabler. So if you're someone who'd be looking not to pay taxes or treat people you know, poorly who work for you, money then will just amplify your ability to do that. So it's not actually rich people, this generalization, that's very much the same. Unfortunately, it's the same kind of mindset maybe if you categorize a group of people by where they come from or the color of their hair or the shape of their feet. You know, lots of different ways you can see all all that group of people, they're this. And we have to be really careful because if you identify a certain group, let's say um, that rich mindset, rich shaming, that they, they're responsible for this, they're bad people, you're then putting this barrier in between you wanting to achieve that. Because ultimately good people, as we've emphasized, good people making good money can do great things. You can do even more impactful things in your life. I want you to be rich. If you're listening to this podcast, I want you to have overflow in your life of money. Do you know why? Because you then giving your money to other good places allows then five, 10 other good people to do more and to change the world. When the co- There's a common thing on Instagram right now where I'm seeing people basically rich shaming the guy who, I can never remember his name. Jeff Bezos. There we go. The guy from Amazon, right? Oh, you know, he's worth how many billion? Trillion? He's worth a lot. Let's just go with that. A lot. (laughs) He's worth more than me, right? So they're like, oh, he has enough that he could basically pay every vet and pay every doctor and cure, you know, world poverty. He he could 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 basically solve everything ever. Well, first of all, 
Um, you need to remember a lot of his money, I believe, is in assets rather than actual cash in the bank. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong there. I don't think he has multiple trillion just sitting around in Bank of Scotland. He doesn't have it sitting around in the bank account. <laughs> and also, it's actually very difficult to give money away from corporations over a certain percentage. Yeah. But ignore yeah, that. Yeah, put that on a sideline. So that's not physical cash sitting somewhere that he can just hand out to everyone. The other thing is, though, he is accountable for his choices with that money, okay? If he, I would love to think that people who do work their way up and earn more, one of the fundamental habits I believe everyone should do invest save but also give so if you've been giving from the onset then as you earn more you're giving more which is fantastic you can do good but reverse that food chain you're pointing upwards saying why isn't he or why isn't she or why isn't them doing that what are we doing on a common level why are we alienating just wealthy people and saying why haven't you got these habits okay on a a responsibility level me I'm only responsible for what my family and you and I can do in the world and I know that we're doing what we we feels right we're giving we're investing we're doing those habits it's very much kind of shifting the blame mindset again but that's the thing. Why isn't everybody giving a pound of their own money Absolutely. or five pounds we or ten pounds? We could cure hunger if we all did that, right? Absolutely. If everyone that's earning money gave a small percentage of their money away to causes, mm. then it would have the same impact Absolutely. as this finger pointing to at one this person. guy yeah. that's got a lot of money. I'm not saying um, whether or not he's doing enough. I don't know. And I don't really care. Because ultimately, well, if, you're, if, if as an individual, you're doing nothing, then mm. you have no right to point the finger anywhere else Mm. just because someone looks like they have more capability Mm. doesn't mean that your ability is diminished absolutely what we can do and that leads me on to the next common belief that's out there so that is i'm going old school how many times have you heard this money is the root of all evil isn't it (laughs) is it not no that's all so people will often say you know money is the root of all evil and that's the reason why again the rich shaming or wealth shaming the first thing is, as we've shared before, money can emphasise personality traits and habits that you were doing anyway, whether you're, you've got less income or you're wealthier. It doesn't matter. It's going to amplify them. However, what the phrase actually is, if you actually go back to the original text, it's the love of money is the root of all evil. Okay, So they miss out those couple of words. And those couple of words change the whole context of the statement. It basically means if you put the gathering of money, if you put money as this object above everything else, then that will then drive you to make not good choices and forsake everything else. So if you're after getting, let's say, a million pounds or 10 million pounds, this is everything that's important to you because of the stature or the value you'll put on it, you will then completely disregard maybe your family, maybe your health, maybe your well-being, other people's you know standards of living because that's the sole purpose. And that is what the true context is, the love of money. Now, I love to give this analogy and I hope I'll explain. So a knife, right? Okay. Ooh. Oh, I know where oh, am I going sharp. with this? <laughs> sounds sharp. Sounds cutting. Okay. So is it the knife's fault if somebody unfortunately is hurt from someone stabbing them or cutting them or something um probably not so is it the knife's fault it doesn't have legs 
well, so in a court of law, I cannot go up to a judge and say, okay, this person had a mischief caused and it's the knife's fault. The knife will not go to jail. Well, who will go to jail? The person who used the knife for the incident. The same thing about how a knife can be used another way, okay? To cook a lovely meal. I cook you and our boys lovely meals that are never eaten, but I at least attempt. <laughs> so is it the knife's Thanksgiving we should give for making that lovely meal? Um... Probably not. <laughs> no, it's me. It's the person using the knife, okay? Is it um, the knife's thanks and the praise we should be giving the knife for helping take away some illness from someone for an operation? No, it's the doctor. It's the surgeon using the knife. So that's the same item, just like money, but the, the effects of that money are purely driven by the person using it. As we said, ultimately money is a tool and you can use it to generate the lifestyle you want. It just removes an obstacle um, for some people for living the life that you want and for being the person you choose to be. And I guess the issue is if you see money as the root of all evil, then your mindset towards it will be negative. Yeah. You'll then probably want to spend it more quickly to get or rid of it, it or, or not have it. You'll see it in a negative way and it's just not going to help propel you forwards. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's why I believe it's also costing people a lot of money. This you know, a very common mindset because a lot of us might have seen our parents struggle for money, grandparents, and some emphasis on religion, you know, maybe if you've been taught, has been poverty. You know, that's the way to actually be truly spiritual or truly happy. You you must disown money. And hopefully, you know, with those analogies, you actually see it's the person using the item actually that's the difference here. Actually, on that, what you'll find is in relationships either when you saw your parents when you were younger or maybe in relationships of your own one of the common themes around arguments and disagreements can also be money the lack of it or the management of it so these all give i guess weight to seeing it as something that's negative and bad but ultimately it's just how people choose to utilize the money or not as the case may be. And probably going back to some of the other issues like um, misspending head in the sand and all those kind of things. Those are actually the issues, not the money itself. Absolutely. And so we come on to the final money belief that I think is very common that's costing a lot of people thousands and thousands every single year. Credit cards are gift cards. <laughs> I love this one. That's what I always say to you sometimes. You, you say it it's not me. a gift card. You've got to pay it back one day. And, you know, people, again, are stuck in this mindset of, oh, you know, that money I've got, they've given me a £10,000 limit on my card. Oh, it's fine. I'll just keep tap, tap, tap. It'll sort itself. A credit card is not the bank giving you free money. We've talked about this in other episodes and, and in different paragraphs within this episode as well. You know, there is interest applied on every single purchase you make when you cannot pay off in full right away. You have to think about actually the long-term use of anything where you're paying someone fees or charges. So the long-term use of car finance, thousands and thousands of pounds people are being wasted on car finance every year now i will clarify i am not against it if you need a car and it's the only way to make it happen 
I'm okay with that. What I will say is you will keep more money in your pocket to do other things that are important in your life by thinking about what is the best way that I can have transportation. It's very common. I know people put down a couple of thousand pounds and then pay car payments. That's cool, but we've had them in the past. And honestly, to be honest, I'm so glad we don't have those finance deals now. The things we've been able to achieve since getting rid of them. Absolutely. The, the thing about credit cards and all those kind of things is you can just get into habits of using them. Yeah. I did so in the past, but let's use an example that isn't too extreme. So you get towards the end of the month and you're running low on cash and you want to do something. You know, maybe there's a night out happening. Yep. So you decide to put night it on the credit out. card. Do people go on nights out anymore? <laughs> well, people a little bit younger than us, maybe. <laughs> so you, you spend £100 on a night out and you put it on your credit card. But then that means you're starting the next month £100 down. Yep. And often your spending isn't going to change accordingly to rebalance. So what will happen is you'll get to the end of the next month, you'll be £100 short, which means you need to put it on a credit card again. So what happens is you are using tomorrow's money today in order to survive yep. and you keep looping and then potentially you get something turning up that means that that 100 pounds starting off as a negative you end up with maybe 150 200 and that's where debts can start to spiral yep. now as i said credit cards aren't a bad thing in principle there are lots of people that don't have a lot of savings in their bank account Absolutely. so maybe Very they're building common. up nice and slowly but we don't have an emergency fund so if your washing machine breaks or your car gets a mischief then sometimes you have no choice but to put it on a credit card but the focus should be then how do i get rid of that as quickly as possible yep, yep. so have a credit card absolutely there are emergencies and dramas that happen in life and if you don't have that backup of savings then it can assist absolutely but the focus should be not to live on the credit card mm. but to have it there maybe as a safety net should you require it yep. and no more than that and the moment you use it you try to package back up that safety net tidy it all up yep. and then have it there again and hopefully you never need to touch it i think credit cards are really good for probably the use that we use them for that we've kind of got accustomed to which is it's for buying things that i want that extra level of protection usually so holidays i will put on a credit card because i know that i will pretty much 100 percent always get my money back if anything goes a mischief because i can appeal to the credit card company to the bank there's different laws in place that allow me to do that debit cards are not as easy to do it whereas a credit card I know I can do it the other thing is for me we have never lived in a oh there's extra money to be paid off on this card you know we haven't quite fulfilled the only time we use it is when money has been saved up already or I know I can pay it off absolutely right away there are also some people that have credit cards where they get cash back offers and other things like that yeah, and again you're never going to make your millions that way I'll you're, say you're, it right you're, out. you're never going to make your millions but ultimately I guess if you put all of your expenses in a month on a credit card and then you clear it off at the end of the month and you basically use it like your bank account yeah, yeah, again totally. there's nothing wrong with that it's more the fundamental racking up debt allowing it to accumulate having interest on it and just never getting out of a cycle because i've done that yeah and i've also no, done the getting up to the limit on your credit card maybe having another one then taking out a loan because that's cheaper <laughs> to pay off than a credit card as far as interest rates but then what you end up doing is put a little bit more back on a credit card I know, it's just a it's, cycle isn't it it's a cycle and it's unhealthy and there's a lot of money going out the door mm. on interest which therefore is away from your pockets and the other thing is i think when people have that level of credit card behavior it keeps you stuck in your current circumstance so let's say you're somebody who's looking to get married or have a family if you've got these big commitments financially 
it's going to be really difficult to change life where perhaps if you want to stay at home with the kids, as in our scenario that kind of happened, or perhaps if you want to travel or you want to leave your profession and do a side hustle, you're stuck a lot of the time because the credit card needs to be paid, the car finance needs to be paid. And so for me, it's it's one of these basic things that use a credit card as if you know the money had to be paid right away. That's the only way to have them. Don't treat them like gift cards. I'm saving you a lot of money long term if you can build on those habits. So I really hope these seven habits have allowed you to maybe put some money back in your pocket, maybe get some clarity on some beliefs that you've had. And and really being honest, these are very, very common. So I'm going to throw in something else into the mix. A kind of secret eighth particular point. I know you weren't expecting this. It wasn't in the notes. So you have no idea. It better be a good one. But it's one that applies to me. And one that applies to us, and I think actually it can apply to a lot of other people as well. Outsource your money management. Okay, go with it. I'm listening. So I'm not as good at money management as you. So therefore, I outsource the money management to you. (laughs) Is that called, do I get paid? What, what? Am I getting a wage for this? (laughs) Well, technically you're in charge of the money, so you want to take a wage, go for it. But I think that often in relationships um, and often um, even if you're not in a relationship, you can use like budgeting spreadsheets, budgeting tools. You can, if you're in a relationship, one of you is likely to be better at different things than others, whether that's DIY, cooking or whatever. And money management is probably going to be one of those. Mm. And sometimes if you find, and you go back to that point of, I'm not that good with money, well, you can get better sometimes by riding on the coattails of a person or a system that is better than you. Absolutely. Sometimes taking a step away from where you're terrible giving yourself a bit of space and then coming back into it with a better mindset, Mm -hmm. I think can work wonders. I'm better with money now Mm. than I used to be. I'm still not as good as I would like to be, but the great thing is I outsource it Mm. so that it's an area that I don't need to focus on. Absolutely, yeah. No, it makes perfect sense. Obviously, you're very lucky that you've got an outsource opportunity within a relationship. (laughs) But, you know, people can absolutely jump on my YouTube channel if you want that one-to-one help with someone just navigating it a little bit. We've been there. We've done it. That's the whole point of this podcast as well. We've talked about money today because it's one of the key pillars of prosperity, okay? You need your health, your wealth, your happiness, but you also need wealth to kind of amplify and enable that as well. And also, I think if you're living in a household where maybe you are the better one with money and the other person isn't as good, it's probably time to have conversations. It's probably time to address the issues, have a real discussion, because until you do that, even though maybe you're not the cause of the issue, you are still burying your head in the sand waiting for the other party to somehow see the light and make a change. And it's probably not going to happen by itself. So in order to make a change, either with your own finances or with someone close to you's finances, you need to take action. Mm-hmm. And if that needs to be that you need to sit someone down and have a conversation and maybe be the person that takes control, mm-hmm. then that's not a bad thing for the long-term good of where you are. Absolutely. I hope you really enjoyed this episode today. As I say, I get a lot of these common beliefs and mindsets because of the nature of some of my other sideline hustles, you know, because I'm talking about money, because I'm seeing people talk to me about money and their problems. We've also lived a lot of these beliefs, and I promise you, when you realise you can change them and flip the script and decide what's true, what's more true in your life that you're going to get benefit from, that's when you take the power back in your own hands. 
So I really hope you've enjoyed today's podcast episode. If you have, well, you can slap a big five-star review on wherever you're listening. Of course, love we that. love a review. A five-star <laughs> one really is nice. Exactly. And also, share the podcast with anybody else that you think might find it valuable yeah. or interesting. We've also got multiple other episodes that are worth listening to. And again, feel free to share those with yeah. your friends, family, co-workers whoever you think <laughs> brothers might sisters enjoy everyone exactly and please do hit subscribe if you'd love to hear the rest of our episodes as we say we've got 17 other ones go and have a listen if you're brand new today and um, if you fancy watching any of my other content or watching us learn about us in the background we have a family youtube channel called the kempson house i also have a money and investing channel called mama furfer in the uk so please do check those out and thank you so much for listening we'll speak to you very soon